What up, my people? Welcome, 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 welcome back to another episode of Let's Speak It Out Loud. I am your host, the Alicorn Goddess Candace, and I hope you all are doing very well this evening. So what's up, y'all? I hope y'all been doing okay. Um, Today, I am recording on my cell phone once again. I kind of like this. Um, it's, It feels kind of cool, you know. I feel a little more personable. I don't have to be in front of the big old microphone. I can sit right here and I can do my studying and things like that, like I normally do. So once again, I want to thank all you guys for showing up. I appreciate all of you, my day ones. And if you're new, please hit that subscribe button, that follow button, that like button. And let me know what you think about what you're hearing. Let's speak it out loud. This is the podcast for copper-colored indigenous aboriginals known to the world as black. African American or anything else they want to call us. So guys, once again, thank you for showing up. I wanted to say I appreciate each and every one of you for showing up and taking the time to listen. I know you could be doing something else or you might be doing something else, but today I was just sitting in my room. I have a room in my house, you know, where I do my music and I do all my creative work and I was just studying, looking out the window. It was a beautiful day. Just looking outside, you know, and just studying and checking some things out. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today, y'all, I really didn't know what I was going to name this podcast. And I still don't know. It just depends on what's going to end up coming out of my mouth um, through this. But I want to take you on a journey today. You know, I want to first pay homage to the brother Dane Calloway. Let me tell you something. Dane, keep doing what you're doing, brother. We know you're doing it right, and you're showing us all how to do it, how to research that history and find the truth, and we need to protect this brother. So, guys, go on Dane Dane, um, Calloway's site and learn something about your family history. Maybe you'll figure out who you really are and know that we was never niggas, okay? And two, I do want to give a shout-out to a sister, um... What is her name? I just came across her. Miss Tasha G. If I'm mispronouncing it, Tasha, don't hate me. But it's Tasha X-I. And she's teaching you about your Aboriginal, Indigenous heritage of already being here before the European came here. So, thank you too, sister. Um, Oseo. To all the Niji people out there who are listening... Y'all, let's keep studying. Let's keep getting them facts. Um, Dan Calloway gave you the pathway to find your own history. Don't just believe what they have been telling us all these years, your own history. All right? So, I love y'all. I love every single person who's listening. And if you don't love me, okay, change the channel. But I'm still going to be me because all I can do is be me. So, as I was saying, guys, I was sitting up studying and just looking at some things and listening to some things. You know, when you get in that mood where you just kind of laid back. So I was just kind of laid back and I said, you know what? I'm a podcast today. I'm going to talk to my people and see what's happening. But I ended up reading because that's what I do. I'm a huge nerd. Um, I read everything under the sun. I even read the back of the toilet paper roll uh, package when I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> so that's just who I am. I read, do music, and I talk. And I tell the truth. That's what it is. Okay. So as I was reading today, y'all, and studying, I was thinking about some of the things that Dane said and how a lot of people are giving him gruff and this and that and that and this. But Dane is actually right. We were actually here before any Europeans came. We were actually here in the 1300s when Abu Bakari sold half of his kingdom to his brother to sail around the world. And when he first landed on these shores called Turtle Island, we were here. The Niji people were here. The indigenous aboriginal, what they call black, is here. The Negro, the colored, the mulatto, the black, now being called the African American. And we're none of that. And we're not Native American either. So you guys have to start studying what language actually means. Native American is anybody who was born in the United States, who was born in America. We are considered the American Indian, which means we were here first. We're the indigenous aboriginal. When you hear the term American Indian, they're talking about us. You know, they're talking about us. And we've been pencil whipped out of existence. So I'm going to say something today. 
And I'm going to take y'all on a little lesson with my family. Can't tell you about nobody else's my family. Um, Give you a little backdrop. My grandmother, my mother's mother was born in 1912. Okay. She was born in 1912 in North Carolina. All right. And she just passed away at, um, what year? What year did my pass away, y'all? It's only been three years, so, you know. 2019. She was 107 when she passed, so 1912 to 2019, you know. And throughout my lifetime, she always told us, we're not African. We're not from here. I mean, we're not from nowhere else. We're from here. We ain't never been nowhere from here. I used to be like, hmm, my grandma don't know what she's talking about. Because they didn't told us in books that we were slaves and, and we was Africans. And, and then during this time when she was teaching me these things, I had always heard her say these things when I was younger. But during the time she was teaching me these things, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, I'm graduating from high school in 1988. So it's really in, I'm in the, the realm of... um. G5G, that's what we want to be, school days, and I'm in the realm of a different world, and the Cosby Show, and, and the Huxtables are going to college, and they're going to HBCUs, I went to a HBCU, and you know, on TV, they're talking about apartheid, and free Mandela, and, and we should want to go back to Africa, and black love, baby, so, you know, I'm in it, because I've always been considered a fucking radical. And grandma, my other grandma, I'm talking about to my daddy's mom, excuse my voice, I'm going to say some things. Because I am quite grown, grandma, but I want you to excuse me if you listen to this. But I'm sure you will. I'm sure daddy's going to let you listen. But you know, I was in it. I was radical. I was a beast. Knew all the knowledge because I come from a family of educators. And I'm going to take you on a journey this evening, guys. Of my proof and my discovery that my family was not slaves, either side. My family was not a nigger, either side. My family was not colored, either side. But I'm also going to tell you and touch a little bit on why we our name has been changed. We're the only people, anybody out there, put it in the comments. We are the only people on this planet. On this planet, the American Indian, the indigenous aboriginal, who's been pencil whipped so many times. Okay? So many times. Why do you think black lives don't matter? Because, in fact, in the law, black means dead. Okay? In the eyes of the law, it means dead. So, yeah, black lives don't matter because black is dead. So I need y'all to wake up and start calling yourself something else besides black. And I'm going to tell you why. Call yourself copper colored. Anything. Just not black. Because black is not a race. That's mental conditioning. White is not a race. It's a status in the United States of America. Do you know when people come in through immigration from other countries, it doesn't matter whether they're from India, Japan, Germany, any part of Europe, any other part of the world, they have a choice. They can check white or not. And in the census, white is a status. Remember I told you guys before that credit has nothing to do with anyone but who they call black people? It's another form of redlining, and that's why I told you you had to be on top of your game. All right, enough of that. So, let me tell y'all something. Let me take you on this journey with me. As you know, I am the alicorn. Why do I call myself an alicorn? Because I'm a winged unicorn. A unicorn is a mythical creature that is amazing with a horn full of light and knowledge. I got that. But I also have wings. I'm not a Pegasus. A Pegasus doesn't have a horn. I am so unique that you have to be on that spiritual plane to see that alicorn come to light and be touched. I have wings and a horn, and I fly and I teach. And I sprinkle knowledge on the people 
who is for and who don't want to hear it, I don't waste my time with you. Not my problem, not my concern. Go find somebody else to talk to. I don't care what you do. Because I ain't talking to you. And that's the problem, too. When ain't nobody talking to you, you always got something to say. So, my family, both sides are from North Carolina. Mom's side and dad's side. And like I said to you, I come from a family of educators way back. Way back. Both sides, way back. Mom's side and dad's side. I might teach my mom's side and my dad's side a little bit of history today that they didn't know. But I'm going to teach you what I've been taught by them. You know, my daddy used to tell me, like I said all the time, I ain't from no Africa. I am not from Africa. I am from North Carolina. I used to be, oh, my daddy crazy. Because I'm going to this institution and they're still teaching me these things. And then it, it didn't help when my whole track team was from Lagos, Nigeria. I went to college in Houston. I went to Texas Southern University. I was in an Ocean of Soul marching band. And I had never seen so many black people, what they call black people before in my life. And Africans will get upset if you call them black. Oh, they don't want to be black because they're not. Because black means dead. And they have more knowledge of who they are. So they know, don't call them black, the black man. Mm-mm. That means you're a dead man, and they know this. So, with my family being from North Carolina, and like I say, I come from family educators, my grandmother has so many historical books. She's taught people from North Carolina all the way to Michigan. She has so many historical books that she holds on to. And in 2017, she sent me this book, and I'm looking at it right here. It says, The Code of North Carolina... Enacted March 2nd, 1883. Prepared under chapters 145 and 315 of the laws of 1881 and under chapter 191 of the laws of 1883. By William T. Dorch, John Manning, John S. Henderson. In two volumes. I have volume two right here. And it was published New York, Banks and Brothers. Law Publishers, 144 Nassau Street, 473 and 475 Broadway, Albany, 1883. So, guys, this is the code of North Carolina. Now, I told you my family is from North Carolina, mom's side and dad's side. Now, I also know that my father's father's side is from South Carolina. That's a whole different story. We'll talk about that a little later on the genealogy of that, okay? But I'm going into this because, as Dane was telling you guys, a lot of this land that we owned was commandeered illegally, okay? Now, this book was written, completed in 1883. This is volume two, and I'm sure my grandmother has volume one, but in the beginning... It says contents of volume one in this book, even though this is volume two. So it's telling you the contents that are in volume one. Okay. One of the first things on there, adoption of minor children, aliens. We weren't considered aliens because we weren't coming over here. We were already here. Okay. So before I really get into this um, book here, I'm going to talk about a few things. First of all. As I said, we have been pencil whipped out of existence with misnomers and fallacies and lies. We've been called slave, Negro, colored, mulatto, black, African-American, and forced to never speak our language or practice our culture as the European was continuing to come into this country and shift the dynamics. Okay, but let me first say this to you guys. And I'm going to touch on this. Not all people that came over here from Europe were of the Caucasian race. There were people who looked like you and I. You know, the term Moors. Moors basically means a dark-skinned person. Moroccan people, uh, North Africans. Africans, as as far as um, the look and the skin tone. You got Africans, Americans, Europeans that have dark skin tones. 
Stop falling for what they taught you in school that there's no black people in Europe and there never have been. Or shall I say melaninated? See, see, the brainwashing is real. We've been through it so long and I'm such a scholar. I've been so indoctrinated in their lies that I constantly have to change my verbiage. And you will too. And it's okay as long as you know the truth. So for all y'all say, oh, this nigga crazy. First of all, fuck you. Okay. Secondly, twice. (laughs) And thirdly, I got my genealogy right here. I got my records right here, and I didn't even have to look far. Why? Because I come from a family of OCD educators, mom's side and dad's side. So I got my records right here. And I'm using Dan Calloway's tactics to know that I'm right. Because, you know, I was teaching my grandma, and what really prompted this podcast was, she says, you know, on my father's birth certificate when they created one, it said Negro. And then your sister was looking up some stuff and it said mulatto. What does that mean? All I know is he was my father. So grandma, I'm explain to you what that means. It's a pencil whipping to take us from our original indigenous aboriginal state to a state of confusion. Once again, we have been the most pencil whipped nation of people on the planet. Why? Because what we had and have here is greater than anything on this planet. When they say, oh, Africa's the richest place on the planet, it is not. That would be here. What used to be called Turtle Island that we call America now because we are still the mental cargo the world eats off of the indigenous American Indian known to the world as blacks. The world eats off of us. They sell us everything. China sells us everything. We buy everything. We get hit the hardest from everything that happens because these treaties and laws that I'm about to read to you about North Carolina, and I'm choosing North Carolina because this is where my family is from, to kind of explain to you why reparations is more than just a check. These laws in this book that the state of North Carolina wrote in 1883. You've reneged on all of them. Okay? And once again, like I said, it wasn't just a European or some pale face. It was people who had melanin, but they still weren't our brothers and sisters. Just because we share the same hue don't mean we can. And just because we share the same hue don't mean we have the same agenda. You know, just like every day, you got jealous people you meet every day. And back then we did too. Why they got all this land over here? Ooh, look at this rich place. Tricked us into teaching them how to take care of the land and then stole it. All right, so let's go here. So I got some of my notes here. Add this part. Because I take notes on everything I write. And y'all have to understand that just like we're a generation and we're the descendants of the indigenous aboriginal. Just like those people who share melanin with us from the planet. Who were here to help our demise come about. Their descendants are here as well. Well, how do you know the difference between this one and that one? How do you know the difference between someone who's for us against us actions? Actions. Lip service is a lot. But actions is what it is. Okay? Actions is what it is. So, I'm going to go here. And like I said, this book here is the Code of North Carolina Laws. March 2nd, 1883. So, as of today, this book is 139 years old. It is the original from 1883. This book actually belonged to members in my family. Because I can take you back even to the 1600s. And we didn't come from anywhere. Now some of those Europeans who came and slid themselves into our family. 
by way of rape and things like that. I can trace them too. I can tell you when they first got here. I taught, I showed my grandma that blew her mind. I can take it all the way back. I can take it all the way back because all the European history is going to be here. It's on their ship logs. It's on all the, on the microfilm. It is in the National Archives. Huh, y'all better get get it together. Before you come at me, which I don't give a shit, I dare you to go study your own history. And I don't mean going on Wikipedia. And I don't mean fucking going on Google. I dare you. I dare you to go look up your own history. I dare you to talk to your grandma and grandpa and the elders. Well, what they taught us in school that grandma and grandpa was wrong. I dare you start right there. If you start right there and start going backwards, you will find that you're not African either. And you are owed more than just reparations. We're living in a land of squatters. People moved here and these laws that they wrote and never honored them. So basically break it down like this. I have a house. You ask me, can you come in and rent my house? I say, sure. Fucking 700 years later, 800 years later, you still ain't paying me no damn rent. But you've built it all the way up and now I'm in squalor and you living high on the hog. Because you keep building stuff on my property. You didn't change my house all around. You didn't update the plumbing and then put a new roof on there. You didn't put a deck on the back, but you still ain't paid me for my shit. That's what I'm talking about here. I ain't, you ain't paid no rent. Okay, so I'm going to read from this book right here. And the one thing that I found very interesting in 1883, they have a whole section here on Cherokee lands. Okay, 1883. Now, the reason why I'm going to start here and why this is so important is because in 1883, what they had listed at Cherokee lands my family had already been there. This exact location that I'm about to read to you out of this book. Can't tell you about nobody else's history. I can only tell you mine. Okay? I can only tell you mine. Where's my um my note? Hold on, y'all. Here we go. Right here. Alright, so I'm going to read this right here. And I want you to understand this. And this is in section 2346, lands reserved for the Cherokee Indians. You're like, Cherokee? You know, a lot of people say, well, my grandma was Cherokee. Well, your grandma ain't no damn Cherokee. You just don't want to be black. Well, let me teach y'all something. Cherokee, there were so many thousands of tribes, and we knew our tribal name here. So what they did was, the European, they made a blanketed statement. As, this is Cherokee lands. That's their term for any Cherokee lands. Okay? So in this book here, which really is the North Carolina Code of Laws, and like I said, this is volume two, the Code of North Carolina enacted March 2nd, 1883, section 2346, lands reserved to the Cherokee Indians. Okay, volume two, page 188, act 1783. This act was implemented in 1783 and they are putting it in this book. Okay, in 1883. The act of 1783. Okay, it says the Cherokee Indians shall have and enjoy all that track of land bounded as following to it. Here we go. Beginning on the Tennessee, where the southern boundary of this state intersects, the same nearest to the Chickawamba, C-H-I-C-K-A-M, excuse me, C-H-I-C-K-A-M-A-W-G-A, Chickamauga. Okay, so Tennessee, where the southern boundary of the state intersects the same nearest to the Chickamauga towns, thence 
up the middle of the Tennessee and Holstein to the middle of the French Broad, thence up to the middle of the French Broad River, which lines are not to include any islands or islands in the said river, to the mouth of the Big Pigeon River, thence up to the same, to the head thereof, thence along the dividing ridge between the waters of the Pigeon River and Tuscasia. Now they say Tuscasia now, but it's T-U-S-K-A-S-E-J-A-H River. To the southern boundaries of this state. Which state? This is the North Carolina book. To the southern boundaries of North Carolina. And the lands contained within the aforesaid bound shall be reserved unto the said Cherokee Indians and their nation forever. Anything herein to the contrary, notwithstanding. Basically, let me break all that down to you. So I had to look this up. So the historical, and you can find all this information in your historical libraries because it's not hidden. The story they're telling you is not what's in the books because they write everything down. Or it's on microfilm. They keep excellent records and tell you bullshit about yourself. Stop it. I'm going to need you to go and search this for yourself like I'm doing mine. Now, the Tennessee Chickawaga towns, okay? I had to look that up. It's in the middle of Tennessee to Halston and then to the middle of the French Broad River. And that's just past Newport, Tennessee. The Cherokee lands. Then the Pigeon River, that's western North Carolina and eastern Tennessee. Okay? And the Tuckasea River, that's in the high western mountains Appalachian of North Carolina. The peaks of western North Carolina coming all the way down to the southern tip, as it's stated here. The southern tip. That's, hold on. And it includes Georgia. So think about North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. That within itself, within my family, when, when, when I think about the regions that this is saying in this book of laws, my family was already there, okay? This book was written in 1883. This act was enacted in 1783. Okay, let's go here. So this book was written in 1883, okay? Let me make sure I got my notes here, y'all. Which is 139 years ago, all right? And this is what was going on. They weren't supposed to be touching any of that property, Okay, I'm going to teach y'all something different when I get to the next page. So, 1883. I already told you, my mother's mother was born in 1912 and died 2019. And my mother's father was born 1917 and died 1975. Miss my granddad. I love you, but I hope this makes you proud. Now, his mother was born in 1892 and passed away, Miss Amy Galloway. Okay, but I'm going to go here over on, and this isn't the gate from my granddad's side, because I could take you all the way back on him too, because I've researched, and let me tell you something, either way it goes, except for the European who snuck in on my daddy's side of the family, doing their foulness and mixing with us, indigenous aboriginal, even on my father's side of the family, the females, got the evidence for you, got the goddamn notes, got the receipts, okay, so, Mom's side of the family, because we like to go down the woman's line. All right. So my grandmother, her grandparents, Mr. John Henry, my great, great grandfather. My great grandfather was born 1875. Oh, 1875. That was before this book was written. And he was born right there in those territories in North Carolina. Right there. Okay. So all my family members that's listening. That was oh, who who was related to Great Grandpa John Henry, and you know how chocolate he was. He was an indigenous Aboriginal. Okay, my great grandmother Maggie Greenleaf, born eighteen eighty six. Okay, she was a little younger than John Henry. She was born three years after this book was written. She. <laughs> Right there, same spot. So let's go further. All right. So let's go to my 
great-grandfather's parents, my great-great-grandparents, born in the same spot, Peter Hamlin, born 1849. That was way before this was written. They was right there on what the government now calls Cherokee lands at this time in 1883. Okay? Great-great-grandma Patty, his mama, born 1858, way before this 1883. Okay? So, I'm going to flip on over to my dad's side of the family. This book was written in 1883. My great-grandfather, Charles Christmas Harris, was born 1893. And his wife, my great-grandma, Helena Harris, 1895. Okay? He was born a little bit after. 60 miles away from where the other, other family members was born. My mom's side of the family. 60 miles away. Still under those lands that's in this 1883 book. Alright, so let's go to my great-grandma, Helena's father, Governor Ellis Harris. Called him G. Ellis, not the white man, Governor Ellis Harris. There was a white man named Governor Ellis Harris who was the governor in North Carolina, not him. My great, great, my, uh, great, <coughs> excuse me, great grandpa, G. Ellis Harris, born 1863, died 1933, before this book was born. My grandma's grandpa and my great grandma's mama, Emma Johnston Harris, hmm, born 1867, before this book was written. Okay, before they start coming in trying to slickster everyone. Okay, let's go back even further. Let's go back a little bit further. G. Ellis Harris, his daddy Osborne Harris, born 1820. Same spot in North Carolina, way before this. Okay, his mama, Delia Harris. Okay. Ellis's mama, Delia. Okay. 1836, way before this book was written. Or, let's go here to Emma Johnston Harris, which is my great-grandma's mother, who was Governor Ellis Harris's wife, who had my great-grandmother, who is my grandmother's mother, Emma Johnston Harris, born 1867, way before this book was made. Okay? And her mother, Amanda Johnson, 1848. Okay? Now, they got some man on here, Mr. Johnson. And they say that that was, you know, the father. But my family tells me that's another way the white man came in there. Okay? So, before they even started talking about this stuff here, my family was already there. We didn't come off no slave ships. And I can go back even further. I could take you all the way back to the 1600s, y'all. I could take you back to the 1600s. Before any... Before, I could take you past 1619. With my family. Don't know about yours. Oh, no, no. Your family... Because the white man said that they didn't bring no Africans here to 1619. Well, you keep believing that because I'm telling you right now, I went through the genealogy records. And you better ask somebody. And the reason we continue to get pistol whipped in the system and pencil whipped in the system is because these are... Negro is a cold word. Colored's a cold word. Mulatto is a cold word. Black is a cold word. African American is a cold word. And what are they cold words for? Never tell them that they are the American Indian and we are on their property because they may make us get the fuck off. Never tell them that they're the indigenous aboriginal. So, Grandma, to answer your question, what does it mean that they made my daddy a mulatto? They're trying to erase out of the system that we've always been here. You know, when I had an older lady, my pastor, I love you to death. She's from Lake Charles, Louisiana. And she showed me a picture of her grandma. This is when, you know, those college ages. It's about hmm, 91, 92, maybe 93, 94, you know. Because I just knew I was just a book of knowledge, just regurgitating everything that, that you know, we had been taught. 
And she said, look at my grandmother. And I'm going to tell you something. She was like, beautiful chocolate, chocolate, chocolate candy bar black. That dark. With two braids going down the side of her head. And she said, look at her. She ain't got a lick of African in her. Most people look at her and think she's an African. And I was like, my Patsy, she got to have African in her. She was like, I'm telling you, my grandmother's not African. She, We are Indians. And I said, my Patsy, I don't know where you got that from. But they done taught us we Africans and the slave trade and this and that and that and this. And she was like, mm-mm. I'm so sorry, baby. And I told her daughter the other day when I talked, I said, I got to apologize to your mama. We have been indoctrinated and brainwashed so bad that we don't even listen to our elders when our elders are telling us the truth. Oh, you don't want to be black, do you? Because I'm not. And you're not either, unless you're dead. So, when I go to this book here in 1883 of The Laws of North Carolina, 1883 now, I'm about to go here. Because y'all might think, she crazy, she just lying. Okay, you can think that, I don't care. Eat a rat to us. But I'm going to tell you this, I can only tell you about me. And trust me, my family wasn't the only people here. Some of y'all might think, well, maybe they took a million Africans in what, tugboats, sailboats? You ain't going to bring a million damn Africans over here in a sailboat, a rowboat, a tugboat, none of that shit. Come on, I need y'all to think logically. I need you to wake up, ancestors. Because you want your ancestors inside of you, and I need you to wake up. Okay? I need you to wake up. I am doing this for the Harrises, for the Johnstons, for the Broadnecks, for the Hamlins, for the Waddells, for the Galloways. I'm doing this for every single ancestor whose blood is pumping through my veins. I know. You guys have awakened me and you've shown me the truth and I say I see you. I see you, ancestors, and I'm so grateful and I'm so humbled that you allowed me to be a voice for those who have passed on. Those who fought the fight. You know, that compulsory education that we went through. And I come from a family of educators. They made it seem like the job was so honorable. And it was to guide children. But the squatters impregnated all of our minds with such a lie that our teachers thought they were doing a great justice to us, teaching us the lies of the squatters. And the stuff they were teaching us in school, they weren't teaching that at universities. They weren't teaching that at white universities. And you go to different parts of the world, they know that we are the American Indian, the indigenous aboriginal. Okay? They know that. We just don't know it. So I don't care what you know and what you don't know. I'm taking you on a journey of my family. And I'm proud of my family, and I'm proud to be able to bring this to my family. And any of my family members, you educators who think you're historians, before you fucking call me, go research. And I don't mean on Google, and I don't mean on Wikipedia. I mean get into the National Archives and trace it all the way back. And you will find that our blood is in this soil and not from slavery. It's because we are. And I am that I am. So, in the book from North Carolina Law, as things were changing, I'm going to bring y'all up 20 years. You know, I'm going to bring you up 20 years. So, this book was written in 1883. You know, and I told you, my great-great-grandfather was born 1863. Okay, he's born 1863, so he was about 20 years old when this book of laws was written. They had already been there. He was 20 when this book was actually put into publication to say, all right, this is how we going forward with this plan we got for this state. The squatters, I mean. 
Because the whole book, I just wanted to read part of that section to you to show you how the lands that's in this part of the treaty in North Carolina <clears throat> have been subjugated and given to Europeans with through land grants. The things Martin Luther King was trying to teach you. The things Malcolm X was trying to teach you about being Aboriginal. But we didn't want to hear that. Because we, we don't know who we are. We lost. We couldn't practice, you know, our anything. We couldn't practice our language. We couldn't practice our, our rituals. We couldn't practice our anything. So we're lost. A people without their language is lost. And then we had to learn a new language. That's why it was so important to make compulsory education. Because we need to get in the minds of the children. The adults, they're going to be a little bit harder. But let's get in the minds of the children. Okay? So, like I said, I'm going to bring y'all up 20 years to 1903. And I'm going to put these pictures in on the front of the podcast. My great-great-grandfather, G. Ellis Harris. Like I said, I come from a family of educators. Born 1863. So, in 1903, 20 years after this book was written for state laws in North Carolina, 1883, he writes a book, and I have it in my hand right now, called the North Carolina Constitutional Reader. And on the front page, it says, A Handbook for Primary Use in One Part by G. Ellis Harris, Principal of Old Town Field Public Schools, Littleton, North Carolina. Then it says, Raleigh Printing Office, St. Augustine School, 1903. Okay. Great-great-grandpa G. Ellis, I hope I do you well. So I'm going to read this for you. So basically, let me let me give you a prerequisite of what's going on. All right, so during this time, it's 20 years later after this stuff was written. And, and wait a minute, what was the exact word they used? Um, Indians and their nation forever. Anything herein to the contrary is notwithstanding. Okay? The same land. Indians in their nation forever should be, should own that land. Okay? So let me say this. During this time, he actually wrote this book in 1901. It was published in 1903. And I'll show you a picture of it. That may be the cover picture for this podcast. However, we were going through a time where People of color had to know how to read to vote. You know, once again, they've changed the laws again because they're trying to get this land and trying to get us the fuck up out of here. Okay? At this time, they're not even teaching us that we came from Africa. That started in the 80s. Early 70s, 80s when Roots came on. And Alice Haley plagiarized that book. Come on. If I'm lying, I'm flying. Research it before you call me. Don't call me and you ain't studied it yourself. Don't call me and start regurgitating stuff that they told us in school. I want to know you went to the National Archives. I want to know you went to the Historical Society. I want to know that you went to the records of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who has all the records, all of them. I want to know that you paid money and went there because they're going to charge you money for the truth. It's hidden in plain sight. This stuff costs money. Why would it cost money to find your genealogy? Because they've been lying to you. And you're going to pay to know the truth. Hmm. So, in this book, he wrote this book to teach people of colors, men of color, how to read. And he used the North Carolina Constitution to teach them how to read words so they can learn how to vote. So, I'm going to read this to you. Because he actually wrote this book. And uh, April 1901. So I'm going to read you. It says. First let me go here. It says. Entered according to. Act of Congress. In the year 1901. By G. Ellis Harris. In the the office of the Librarian. Of Congress. At Washington. Introduction. To the many thousands of colored men. In North Carolina. Who are unable to read and write and especially to the youth of the state. And this little book, it is dedicated to you. It has been the aim of this author in preparing this volume to make an assistant to the primary spelling, reading, and writing 
So they wanted to assist in reading, writing, and spelling so they could understand these laws that are changing. The author has labored patiently and very carefully to make ready a primary reader, just to get you primarily there to get some basic understanding, that the unlearned man and lad may commence with the alphabets and learn step by step to spell and to read and write any section of the state constitution. Why do y'all think my great great grandpa used the state constitution to teach him how to read? Anybody, put it in the comments before I mention it. But I'm going to tell you why. Because that's why they was changing up all the laws and shit versus what they did a handshake on. They tell you one thing in the face and then go write something in the book and say, hey, this is the new town law. This is the new state law of North Carolina. Oh, well, I'm sorry, boy. Pencil whipping us out of existence. Pencil whipping us. So he thought it was adamant that every man of color learn how to read something, basically. All right? Short lessons in alphabetical spelling and sentences containing words of one, two, or more syllables. Taken from the Constitution, they have been placed in such a manner as to be very much help to the beginners in preparing themselves for the obligation that will, that will be required of most colored men who apply for registration before December 1st, 1908. What registration are they talking about? Hmm? So let me go back here. This book is a short lesson in alphabetical spelling in sentences containing words of one, two, or more syllables taken from the Constitution have been placed in such a manner as to be of very much help to beginners in the preparing themselves for the obligations that will be required of most colored men to apply for registration before December 1st, 1908. And of all men who apply thereafter, you had to know how to read if you had melanin in your skin to vote. But the people who were administering these tests could not read. So my great-great-grandfather, G. Ellis Harris, the warrior beast that he is, like, okay, crackers. Don't know if he used the word cracker back then. Because they called us ishies on that side of the family, which is the white man's issue, which means we knew we was touching y'all, but, but y'all ain't, y'all ain't white. Y'all Negroes, because y'all still got that aboriginal in you. That indigenous in you. You got more right to be here than I do. So, that's what Ishi meant. But I don't know if that's what my great-grandpa called him. My great-great-grandpa called him. But I'm going to call him crackers for you. Because, I, I mean, I can feel the energy and the spirit of why he wrote this. I need you to be at least on a little bit of their playing field. Because he knew they were playing games. And he didn't like it. Okay? I'm going to read this last snippet. It says, the author has... <clears throat> endowed to arrange alphabetically, excuse me, the author has endeavored to arrange alphabetically every word of the Constitution, divided and accented all words. Oh, I just ripped the book, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to squeeze it tight. Oh, man. Okay, let me go back here. Yeah, I'm sorry, great, great grandpa. He, that was him. He wanted me to read that. <laughs> okay, the author has endeavored to arrange alphabetically. Every word of the Constitution divided and accented all words of more than one syllable in a convenient columns that any one of them may be readily found spelled and pronounced with ease. It is confidently hoped that diligent study of this book from the beginning to the end of the Constitution will prepare the literate voter for the imperative obligation found in the amendments. Every person presenting himself for registration shall be able to read and write any section of the Constitution in the English language. Now, ain't that something? That was, that was the law. Every person presenting himself for res, reg, registration shall be able to read and write any section of the Constitution in the English language. G. Ellis Harris was a beast. I love you, great, great grandpa, and I am so glad that your blood is pumping through my veins.
You couldn't say it then, but I'm going to say it. Fuck y'all. They need to know this because y'all playing games. All necessary words in the Constitution are accented so that the reader may be more able to pronounce them. Having been teaching in the public schools for more than 20 years, he started teaching when he was 20. He was 40 when he wrote this. More than 20 years, the author is not yet willing to retire from the important duty, especially at this time when education is so very essential to impart to the colored youth the proper instruction that will place them in the attitude of the elector. (laughs) As they come to the year of maturity, every colored man who cannot now read, write, and who contemplates casting a ballot at any future election in North Carolina is most humbly requested to prepare himself by studying some primary speller and reader of some such trustee as this one. G. Ellis Harris, Littleton, North Carolina, April 1901. Let me tell y'all something. That right there. Just lets me know that's why I'm such a fighter. Because the spirit and the blood of my family has been in me for so long. I pay homage to my ancestors. And they're still trying to steal land. To this day. Because we still own our land in North Carolina. To this day. Now I don't know about anybody else in any other state. I can't tell you about your stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. Before you pick up the phone or put a comment in my chat, that's number one, disrespectful. Number two, you don't know what you're talking about. Or you're regurgitating that BS that we were taught in school. Save it for your mama. I don't want to hear it. Now, if you're asking me how to get on the path of finding your family genealogy, I can answer that. And if you're one of my family members, oh my God, she's so wrong. Oh my God, shut the hell up and go learn something. See, our problem today too is we don't want to be wrong. But the shit you've been told is wrong when the evidence is right here. We have to believe our ancestors. I remember growing up, oh, she don't want to be black. She thinks she Cherokee. Well, Cherokee is a generalized term that was used by the European because there was thousands of tribes here, God. Thousands. And yes, we all carry melanin. We had different rituals, different languages, and thousands of tribes, but we were one family here on Turtle Island. We knew the difference between our tribe and someone else's, but there was thousands of us here. And when you think about what I just read in the North Carolina Laws, Volume 2, from 1883. Come on, guys. It's just as simple as that as looking it up. Simple as that. Don't go to Google. Don't go to any of that other stuff. It's as simple as that as looking it up. And if you don't like what I have to say, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink. If you don't like what I have to say, then that's not my problem. Because I can only tell you my story. And if you don't know your story, that's not my problem. I can only tell you my story. Okay? I'm going to add this to it. My mother. When she met my great-grandmother, my father's grandmother, she said the first thing my great-grandmother said to her was, Oh, you're so beautiful. And she looked at her and said, They call you black, don't they? And my mama said, yeah, why? She said, because you're not black. You're Indian. And my mom was like, yeah. But they made it illegal for you to say your tribal name. They made it illegal for you to say um, that you were indigenous. They made it illegal for you to call yourself an Indian. They made it illegal for you to be yourself. The things that they made legal was their version of gender. What is male? What is female? Their version of religion. 
What is religion versus spirituality? We are spiritual people. That's why we can read people. And most of us who are American Indians, we are such empaths. And we don't have time for the drama. Save that for your mama. Some of y'all slide in under the precepts of melanin. But didn't we learn that from the melaninated president? Just because you share the same hue does not mean you have my best interest in heart. Because he knows the truth as well. And uh, it's going to be okay. Uh, ask anybody. Use the terms they use. What are you going to do for the black American? Kamala Starr, stutter, people of color. That ain't what I asked you. I mean, it's, it's going to help people of color. Usually when it helps people of color, it helps Latinos. I ain't got nothing against my Latinos brothers and sisters. Because another thing y'all need to learn is this. The story they told you about slavery is, in, is backwards. They didn't go get a bunch of Africans and bring them here. They was trying to get us the fuck up out of here because they wanted this land. When the Europeans first came over here, they started taking us to Europe, to Africa, for indentured servitude. How do I know that? Not because I heard somebody say it. That happened to my wife's family. They traced their genealogy all the way back to... They were taken to uh, Switzerland, Sweden, this and that, and their family... Brought their way back. That's part of our history too. The indigenous aboriginals were taken off to other places as to London, Germany, everywhere across the world as indentured servants for a certain amount of time. And they could come back. And her family is actually some of those people who did that. Those indigenous aboriginals who did that. And when you look at her grandma, her great grandma, her great grandpa, yeah, they ain't African. I'll tell you right now, they ain't African. I ain't never seen no African that look like that. And these people that they call Native American, she ain't that either. Remember I told you Native American is someone who was born in America. We are American Indians, indigenous aboriginals. Always been here. We didn't come from nowhere. So her family, they got, they got all of their history, tracked their family over there. And track their family coming back years and all. So I don't know what your family did, but it's Aboriginal indigenous people out here. We trying to find it because we got a whole nother mission and we ain't got time to be going back to Africa. And we all were brainwashed. Now don't feel bad. Listen, my song, Ancient and Free Asiatic Black Royalty, I wrote that song 27 years ago. It's on the podcast. It's on the podcast, and you can tell why I was serious about that. Mama Africa, some of us want you back again. We got to get, you know, serious about it. I'm sitting here rapping a lie. And I'm going to leave it up. Because some of y'all hear that song, be like, oh, that sister's so deep. Oh, shit, that sister deep. Your sister was uneducated then about herself. I was regurgitating the mental conditioning that was put into our minds about slavery. And you know, when you teach a child about slavery, it does something to them. Because I never heard anything about slavery until, oh my God, Roots came out. It used to come on, I'm from Michigan, Flint, Michigan. What up, Flint? It used to come on as after school special. And I was like, wow, white people did this to us, so we not from here? Oh, man, I want to go back home to Africa. I was in elementary school then. I'm thinking about a place I ain't never even been instead of learning about where I've always been. And my grandmother, Nanny Waddell, rests her soul, telling me, girl, we ain't been in no damn Africa. We ain't been in no Africa. Papa wasn't from Africa. She always said, Papa wasn't from Africa. Mm-mm. And people always wonder how my grandmother lived to be 107. Her exact words to me was this. We didn't eat meat and all that stuff like y'all eating growing up. We ate out of the garden. She said, and the only time we ate meat is maybe for Christmas. It was a luxury, so Papa would kill one of our chickens. But other than that, we ate from our garden. Even when they moved to Flint, Michigan from North Carolina in the 50s. She had a big-ass garden in her yard. I remember being out there with her every day, and they even had land in Flint. 
where it was nothing but a huge garden. She her and my granddad would take all the grandkids. We'd go out there, and my brothers and my cousins would get in trouble because they be um hitting them in the butt every time my grandma would bend over. <laughs> they'd be hitting them in the butt with peas with a slingshot. And doggone your time, I'm going to cut your behind. You know? And that could be one of the reasons why I'm a vegetarian today. Because it's in my blood and it's in my nature. So I want to talk to all my people out there and I want to say to you, do the research, I dare you. I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to do the actual research on your family before you say something to me. If you say something to me before you do the research, I'm ignore you. Because I'm not in the business of arguing with you or debating with people and trying to justify myself to you. This is what it is. I just took y'all on a family journey of mine. And I know that my family is not African. And let me tell you something. Give y'all a little heads up when y'all looking through these census records. Because you know the census records are fake as well. Because census takers back then, or enumerators, as they were called, just regular people off the street, and they decided what race somebody was by how they looked. Now, when you go through these census records, right? I went all the way back <laughs> to when the census first started. Even the, the basic census, like I said, I can, I can go back to 1600 and what I've looked at. You'll see the amount of Africans that they actually brought here. You know why? Because it will say first. And if you look at the old census records, it'll say Indians, uh, uh, people of color. Um, it just have a whole different list. You'll you watch how the names have changed. And the names have changed because they are steady pencil whipping us out of existence. Indian came off. Free persons of color. Well, who would a free persons of color be? You know, and all others. Who the hell is all others? That's not from the story y'all told us. Who the hell is all others? But as you're looking through those census records and you go back further and further, take account of this when you see this. Go down there. You might start to see N, 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 W, N, 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 W, right? That stands for Negro, 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 White, Negro, Negro. Or you might say C, 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 W, C, C. That's colored, 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 white. Okay? But then you're looking and you'll see white, 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 A. A. And then you look to the right and it'll say African. They identified and know exactly how many Africans they brought over here. And it's not all the ones they told you. And the slave trade was made up in reverse. They told it to us in reverse. And we so ignorant fighting each other. Uh That's what they said. Because once again, you have people who share the same hue as you who don't mean you any good. I just watched the other night. The sad story of what we all knew, not what the TV was telling us and propaganda. We knew those fellas didn't kill Malcolm X. The problem was they didn't want the world to know how many agents they had in there. Same thing, Billie Holiday. Andrew Day, I knew that story about Billy that they tried to set her up to be a drug addict and plant drugs on her. Yes, she did do drugs. She did. I ain't taking that away from some of y'all still doing damn drugs right now. So, no judgment. However, Hoover, and research this, who did not like the fact he was black, he was hiding. Hated all blackness. That's He was the main culprit. The FBI went after her because she made strange fruit. She told the truth. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Blood on the leaves and blood at the roots. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar tree. Hmm. Audrey Day, I think you did a great rendition. But I'm glad the story finally came out because Lady Holiday was an icon. Rest well, Lady Day. I know all about Lady Day because my grandmother's from that generation and they were so proud of her. But they all knew. And guess what? When you watch the story, FBI dude, she knew the FBI dude was a snitch bitch. She got her son from him and everything. 
all the way to the end and he said he regretted it. His mama even told him. How you just gonna sell this woman out for them? She's speaking the truth. But mama, mama, I, I want to be part of the FBI. Had a whole room in the basement full of people with color on their skin setting up people who was trying to liberate us. So you can keep whatever opinion that you have. I'm doing my research and I'm going to continue to do my research because you best believe if I find more land anywhere that when I looked through these records was illegally commandeered from anybody in my gene pool, it's on. But I'm going to have the receipts. All right? All right, y'all. I love y'all so much. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Um, I actually did a full hour today, y'all. I get passionate about certain things. And I had to put it out there. Ancestors, thank you so much for allowing me to know this and putting this into me and helping me know who I am so I can help the rest of us, all the Niji people, discover who they are. Okay? So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you. Once again, if you'd like to donate to the podcast, the information will be at the bottom of this podcast. Or if you want to donate to me personally, you can cash at me at dollar sign Candace Y. Miller. That's dollar sign Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, Y. Miller. All right, y'all. We spoke it out loud. We speaking it out loud. And I hope I have given you something to take you on the next step of your journey. I hope I've given you something to uplift your spirit and your soul. I hope I've given you something to take the chains off of your mindset. And I hope I've given you something that will give you peace. All right. Thank you once again. Let's speak it out loud. Let's get it. Peace.